Welcome to Determined Succeed Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Malarney. You may also know me as the Unique Connector. So I'm really excited to have this guest on today. And I first want to start off with some research that I was doing. And I found that 28% of CFOs these days in the U.S. are females. So I thought that was a very interesting um I can't even think of the word that I want to think, but of the percentage of it, because it's shocking to me, to be honest. So I'm so excited to have a CFO right here in front of me to chat about this today. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Excited to be here today. So let's talk about your journey and being a CFO and being a female leader of a bank. Tell me a little bit about your journey and how you became a CFO. Absolutely. Um, out of college, I worked for a public accounting firm and, you know, started with all the grunt work that you would normally do in a public accounting firm. But um, I audited financial institutions. Um, so I got some really great exposure to a number of di different institutions throughout, you know, really the Midwest. And at the time had a client that had been going through um, an acquisition of a failed institution. They were growing, you know, they essentially doubled in size overnight um, and they were looking for some help to, you know, bring on staff and um, really expand their, their team. And at the time I was, um, you know, we, I had just gotten married. We were looking to start a family. It made a lot of sense to leave the public accounting world mm -hmm. and all the hours that came with it. So made the jump and went into, um, you know, a private institution and, and essentially had the really fantastic opportunity to build up their entire accounting practice within, in, within the bank. Um, I was able to touch pretty much every aspect of the institution, whether it was accounting or loan servicing, deposit ops, because when they grew so quickly, there was a lot of operations and procedures that needed some attention. Um, you know, I think the combination of that public accounting background and the operational background that I was able to get in those roles, you know, really elevated me into the controller position and then eventually um, into the CFO position when the president of that bank retired and the CFO was promoted to president and I was promoted to CFO. So, um, you know, ultimately I was the CFO of that bank for about um, four years and they started looking at selling. Um, the owner of the, the bank was getting to a point where he was ready to, um, you know, cash out and get some liquidity for his family. And so um, I had met a couple people here at Capital Bank and their CFO was looking at retiring. So they threw my name into the hat. And after a couple of conversations, it made a lot of sense for me to make the move over here to Capital. And I've been here for about four years um, as the CFO. Um, I oversee lots of different areas of the bank, though. It's not just the finance department. I oversee HR and IT and recently brought on retail and marketing underneath um, kind of my umbrella of oversight. So, oh, well, I love that you came from, you know, the accounting background to now CFO, but also now managing a ton of different teams. And, you know, I think that's where it's really interesting since I've known you of just like kind of almost that chameleon where you're kind of adjusting to what needs to be handled or you can bring expertise and value from the different past roles that you've had. And mm -hmm. so, you know, as I said, for that statistics of just, you know, I kind of was a little shocked just to have that many females in the U.S. be in CFO roles, just because I 
I mean, I know of a few CFO women, but not, I just didn't think it was as many. So, you know, even for you to think back of even your past, was there as many CFOs back then that were females? And how did you even get through that process? Because it is a male dominated industry. And just how did you keep having that determination to keep pushing forward when there wasn't as many females around you in that role? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's always good to have mentors, right? And I was able to open up and have mentors of, you know, lots of, with lots of different characteristics. Some were female, some were male, but trying to pick up and learn from as many people as I possibly could. Um, you know, I, I often think back to my time in public accounting and I worked very closely with one of the senior managers who is now a partner there. And he was a huge influence on me because I knew I could ask, I could ask any question. And he never made me feel dumb by asking it, but it also allowed me to learn so much, right? And continue to raise my hand for new assignments or, you know, new opportunities. And I think, you know, as I do think back to when I started my career and the number of female CFOs that I came across, it was very rare, very rare. And even since my time here at Capital, you know, over the course of four years, I'm actually part of a uh, advisory committee for um, a large, you know, correspondent bank that we that we use, and we have a team of CFOs and treasurers from all over Wisconsin and Illinois. And when I joined that, I was one. I was like the only woman, and they asked me to become vice chair. And I said, I will do that if we can get more women involved. Like we absolutely need better representation on this committee. And now we have, I think, nine women, oh. you know, in a group of about 30 people or so. Um, so those types of things are really exciting to me. And I think, you know, as I, as I think back of like, how did we, how did we get here? And how did I continue to push through some of those, um, you know, those stigmas that might come at you? It's raising your hand. It's continuing to push, you know, not taking things too personal. Um, it's very frequent that I go to an event or meet someone who maybe is a client of the bank or somebody who just isn't familiar with who I am and what I do. And when I say, hi, I'm Amy, I am the CFO of the bank. I often get that like, oh, really? Wow. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. You know, and really trying to just own that. But, um, you got to have some thick skin and you got to be able to just continue to push forward and, and keep working for what you're passionate on. And I'm super passionate about banking. Um, I also just love leadership and management and continuing to, to make things better. Well, I love that. And I, I totally know what you're talking about. Cause I feel like too, sometimes our age really throws people off where it's yeah. like, how the heck did you get up to this leadership role so fast? You know, um, what was the fast track that you did to get there? It's like, no, this has been a journey. And um, no matter how young or old I am, like I have some value that I'm bringing. And I've always loved that. And two, not only are you so busy at work and wearing multiple hats and juggling multiple things, you're a working mother, mm -hmm. as well as one of the top people I always see out and about, always involved in things, always at every event. And so, you know, even talk about that, how you're juggling all of those different things besides even just your normal job. Yeah. Um, it's not always easy. <laughs> Start with that. But, you know, I think it, it speaks to the importance of being 
around people who support you wholeheartedly. Um, when I came to Capital, the, um, the culture here embraces being involved in the community. I love doing things with some nonprofits that I work with and, you know, getting out and doing business development and um, just being part of the bigger business community that we deal with. Um, it's only possible because I have people around me that fully support that and see the value of being out there. Um, but, you know, I also have two kids at home and, you know, I've got a lot of stuff that I'm juggling there. And I think, you know, it really comes down to making sure that the things I'm doing, I'm really passionate about. You know, I, I don't want to continue to do something if I am only doing it, you know, with with half of the passion or no passion doing it because I feel like I have to. Um, if I'm passionate about what I'm doing, I'm more excited to do it. And then I think it it makes sense to prioritize it over something else. Um, and that's really been kind of the driving force as I continue to like pick and choose which things I want to be involved with and which things I maybe don't want to be involved with. Yeah. And I would say, you know, those things when you're really passionate about it, it really fuels you and really, you know, it's more of a meaning of why you're doing it and spending that time away from your family or from work or whatnot, where it's just, it's something that fills your cup up too. So I always love that you're a giver and you're always helping, but also to your part of the community. And, you know, a lot of the listeners, you know, cause this is a newer podcast. So not if everybody knows my past, but so I was in banking and wealth management for 10 years and I um, kind of giggle where you and I have always been kind of on this competitive, I guess you could say, like um, opportunity. So Amy and I actually grew up playing sports against each other and, you know, we were at the two different schools and then we went and we grew up and we were at two different banks. And then I finally one day clicked to me once I met you of like, oh my gosh, we used to play ball against each other and now look at us and so the one thing that I've always loved about you is you're similar to me is it's just it's about that abundance mindset and no matter where you are or what team you're on it doesn't matter it's all about supporting each other and pushing each other and finding that genuine connection because we can learn and grow from each other and that's the one thing that I've always loved about it knowing you is you have that similar mindset to me and so you know, what is something that helped you have that mindset of the abundance mindset? What do you think is the leading factor in that? You know, honestly, I think it's just sometimes built within people. You know, I think back to when I was younger, like I always wanted to be doing the extracurriculars and, you know, taking on new things. And I think in part, I'm just built that way and fully embrace, you know, who I am for those things. Um but I've also learned the value of those types of relationships, right? Like, even though we may have been competitors, we pushed each other to be better. And we were able to leverage one another to, you know, understand new and different things or, um, you know, share insights that really improve both of us. And at that point, the, the competition doesn't necessarily matter. It's making both of us better. And, you know, I try to, you know, although I'm a very competitive person in a lot of different ways, yeah. I often try to put that aside and just, you know, think about how can we all be better out of this, right? Because it, it I shouldn't gain because you lose. I should gain because you're, you're gaining, right? Yeah. 
I know. And that's where I feel like too, it's always the, the universe has brought us back for that reason, just because we are very similar minded of that. And that's what I've always just enjoyed about you. And so, you know, for our listeners, so what if someone is a young, ambitious female that really wants to succeed one day, and maybe they're looking at that CFO path, or maybe it's accounting, you know, what, would you even tell to your younger self or a listener right now that's listening for some advice? I think I would say raise your hand for opportunities, right? Continue to push forward, but also don't be so eager that you become, you know, arrogant or, you know, thinking that you're deserving that at this particular moment. If you're working hard and you're doing it genuinely with the right interests at heart, you will get there. And I think it's really a matter of putting yourself out there, trying to be right place, right time, doing all the right things, you know, success will come along, you know, with all of that and success is, looks different, right? Admittedly, back in my days of public accounting, I didn't think I wanted to be a partner in a public accounting firm. I didn't think I wanted to be necessarily a CFO president or CEO wasn't on my list. It's on my list now, right? Like you you grow and your desires grow your goals will grow and i think being patient through that process and knowing that nothing has to happen tomorrow there's a journey right you you're not you're not running a sprint you're running a marathon you're you know it's all of those all of those cliche things but they truly are what i think you, you have to continue to remember just because you're not where you want to be today doesn't mean you're not going to get there continue to work hard, continue to stay true to who you are and your passions. And eventually that will come. Mm, that's some great advice. Cause I feel like, yeah, life, it's always gonna, there's going to be that curveball or that U-turn where you're going to go back a couple steps, but it's always going to keep evolving. And you never know too, where right now for those younger ones that right now you may have a passion that you really enjoy. But sometimes like I felt like for me, I almost had my blinders on because I didn't know what else was out there. Yeah. So that's what I've too have always loved about you is you're always open to new opportunities and seeing how you can help or learn or grow or make a change, like how you were talking about even that board. And I think that's just the thing for I hope our listeners, you know, are are getting that, that it's just um there's no clear cut path to get yeah. you to the CFO stage or yeah. to whatever role you want to look for. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Mm. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on. And I would say, what are some things like how our listeners can even get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more or to even follow some of the organizations that you're even involved in? Sure. Um, well, I am very active on LinkedIn, much like you. Um, that's always a good spot to find me, but also, you know, other social media channels for sure. And if somebody is really interested in sitting down and talking more, reach out. I'm more than happy to grab coffee, go to lunch, whatever it might be, go for a walk or a run, like, let me know. Um, but I think that's probably the best way. And, you know, just continue to, to be out there. And thank you again for having me today. It's been such a pleasure. Yes. And I would say I, we need to go for our coffee and chat. I miss those. We haven't had one in a while. We need to get out there. Yeah. I like being <laughs> active just like you. So yeah. I appreciate you so much. And I would say, you know, keep shining in the world because you're really making the world brighter each day. So 
Thank you so much. And I hope um, the listeners today, if you have found a piece of advice or something, share it with somebody else, you know, that could really benefit from it. So thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today. Thank you so much.